You're listening to episode 162 of the FitzPro podcast, and today's episode is part one of a two-part series, um, much more personal than usual. So I am strictly sharing my experience of pregnancy at the time of recording this podcast. I am 22, almost 23 weeks, so... I will be sharing the story of how I found out, thoughts and beliefs that I had about pregnancy, about motherhood beforehand, how that's changed, um, and really just pulling back the curtain on my experience with pregnancy thus far. So if that is of interest to you, then today's episode is going to be, it's going to be something. So without further ado, let's dive in. The FitzPro Podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs, aka not your average FitzPo. And my aim is to help you grow your mind, body, and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a FitzPro. The only ad I am going to mention today or the only sponsor I'm going to mention today is Legion because obviously I can use all of their supplements during pregnancy that I would usually use. So you need to make sure that you consult with your doctor on what supplements are and are not safe to take for your particular pregnancy because it does differ person to person. But generally speaking, I am taking everything I normally would, my multivitamins, my fish oil, my whey protein, my pre-workout, all of that I am still taking. I am not taking the pre-workout that has stimulant in it. I believe there's 350 milligrams of caffeine in that. And that is over the, uh, to my knowledge, currently at this date, recommended 200 milligrams per day for a healthy, normal pregnancy. Um, Don't quote me on that. Talk to your doctor. I'm not a doctor, but I am drinking my daily cup of coffee for myself. And I typically take the non-stim pre-workout pulse is what it's called by Legion anyway, because I just don't I don't need that much caffeine in my life. So I am partial to the non-STEM pre-workout. And like I said, I'm taking everything. If you are interested in adding supplements, check out Legion. You can use my code Annie to save 20% off your first order. Or if you're an existing customer, you can get double Legion reward points. So go to buylegion, B-U-Y legion.com and use code Annie at checkout. So as mentioned in the intro, this is part one. I will go over what we're going to talk about in part one and part two. But first off, know that part one is going to be more like feels, experience, Um, And then part two is going to be more logistics, insurance, my work, my maternity leave, things of that sort, my fitness. So if you're looking for part two, stay tuned. But part one really does lay the foundation for part two. So this episode is the what I would consider the epitome of nuance of several different emotions and experiences coexisting at the same time, which I think is normal for a lot of women in my situation. So I want to make that clear that if you skip any part of this episode or take any single part of it as the conclusion of my experience for this episode, you are mistaken and you're also missing the entire point, in my opinion, of the episode. Be all ears, take all of it in. This is just my personal experience. I am not at all assuming that this is anyone else's experience. Um, I'm sharing just for the sake of sharing because I think that when people share their experiences and stories, 
other people may possibly see themselves in part of that. So that is why I'm sharing. And bless bless me and my attempt to keep this episode concise. I have already clearly decided to make it a two-part series because as I started drafting the notes for this, it's just needed to get everything out that I want to get out and to talk about everything that I want to talk about. Bringing a baby into the world is not a simple thing for me personally or anyone, I presume, but definitely not for me. So this is going to be a two-part series. Let's go ahead and dive into part one. I'm going to go ahead and call this the pregnancy backstory, like pre-prenatal. It is no secret to my Instagram following anyway, my Instagram audience, my friends, my family, that Nate and I were team no babies for a very long time. I say that, but it's not entirely true. So it wasn't 100% no babies or, you know, he would have got a vasectomy or I would have got my tubes tied. Like we would have taken much more aggressive steps in order to ensure not getting pregnant. So clearly having babies was still on the table. So I want to make that clear. For us, we have been married nine years in August of 2022. So almost nine years. We are like a week away from being married for nine years. When we got married, we told people, you know, maybe in three years, we would think about expanding our family, think about having kids. And then three years rolled around and we said maybe at the five-year mark, then five turned into we weren't preventing kids. I wasn't on birth control. I haven't been for years, but I tracked my cycle via the fertility awareness method, aka FAM. Look it up if you are not familiar with it. But if and when it happens, as in pregnancy, if and when we got pregnant, we would figure it out. Like that was always the discussion. We would keep the baby. We would you know, begin looking at what it looks like to have a family for us. So therefore, we were open to having kids. We just were also pretty unfiltered in the fact that we weren't trying to have them and we didn't necessarily want them in a specific time frame. I would say that I was more apprehensive uh, with having kids. I was more against the idea of having kids. And I want to be very careful with my words here because I'm simply sharing like the most authentic story that I possibly can for myself at this time in hopes that, again, it helps other people, both men and women partners, feel less alone. If you kind of were in that similar, maybe you had some of the same apprehensions that I had. Also, I have been amazed, I've always been amazed by, and thought that motherhood and pregnancy and the act of just giving birth is miraculous. I've always thought that. I just never saw myself in that role necessarily. So let's go ahead and lay out my situation. I am the breadwinner. I make the money for our family. And frankly, my business has been my baby for the last seven years. I have referred to it as such. I have had many times thinking when I came home from working at the cheer gym and coaching people in person and training people in person and building my business, like I am so thankful I don't have to take care of another small human right now. I have had that thought many, many times, I can think about the times clearly in my head. So thinking about a child coming into that picture did not seem feasible to me at any stage of my business so far, whether it was when I was working, like I said, in person and building the business, or once I was really like all in in the business and we were traveling the world, like obviously having a baby in that situation would not have been ideal. It was not something I was attempting to look forward to. It's not something that excited me. I've never identified with 
any of the natural motherly tendencies or desires. Like even as a child, didn't babysit, didn't play with baby dolls. It just never appealed to me at all. You could say that I have more masculine energy naturally by societal standards. But the beautiful thing is I do still believe in my femininity. I think I am very feminine. Um, Nate is also a stay-at-home husband and is amazing with kids. He's always been amazing with kids. Kids gravitate towards him. He's like a big punching bag or a cuddle bug or whatever they need him to be. He is a big kid at heart. He's a better cook than me. He is super hospitable. He loves hosting people. Like we definitely, it's why we work. It's not that I am masculine and he is feminine. I want to make that like annoyingly clear to you. We very much so respect rather traditional masculine and feminine roles while also letting each other pursue and express what we believe to be their natural gifts. I am very task driven. Nathaniel is very relationally driven. And again, it's why we work. um, And I, I hope it's why we will be good parents. So all of that to say is I am now at 22, 23 weeks pregnant, stoked, absolutely stoked to raise this little baby with Nathaniel and trusting him to play the role that he is going to play has also allowed me to actually see myself in more of a motherly role and you know what will make sense for me and what will make sense for us and obviously I recognize like the immense difference that having a supportive partner could have on this situation for anyone going through being pregnant and, you know, looking at their life and what different roles are going to look like and what it might look like when the baby is actually here and you have to care for it. So that feeling is abundantly different than when I found out that I was pregnant. Like now I'm excited. I can see it. I have kind of stepped into that role and it feels very natural for me. But two years leading up to getting pregnant and finding out that I was pregnant for both of us, Uh, That's a very different picture. So from 2018 to 2021, my feelings around possibly becoming pregnant were like 150,000% fear driven. And that fact became extremely clear to me as we were, you know, forced to dive into this, this process. And a lot of self reflection and just observing myself honestly came out of the situation. So from the fear of actual motherhood, bonding with the baby, balancing my work life, literally not getting to be as selfish as I was without having children, to the literal act of labor, I avoided even thinking about the possibility because I was terrified of it at all. And stick with me because I don't fear these things anymore, like I said, not nearly to the extent that that I had. I don't even know how to like fully articulate it. So I'll just tell you a short story for a visual of of the fear that I'm talking about because I know that other women and possibly men have have felt this way. So I started using Hillary Rushford's Elegant Excellence Goals Journal in 2018 or 2019. That's not news to anybody. I've talked about it several times and in the journal she lays out that our future has multiple possibilities. And we all have experienced this. So while laying out your five-year plan can be all well and good, it might be beneficial, in her opinion, in her journal, to look at like what are three possible outcomes for your three to five-year vision. And having had very different changes in my life up to that point, traveling the world, changing career paths, all of these things, I really enjoyed that idea that you have possible outcomes. What are those possible outcomes? What directions could you possibly go in based on your decisions for your future? I kid you not that I actively, actively avoided the possibility of children 
every time I approached that exercise and every time kids or a family absolutely came to mind and I would just like whack-a-mole that thought back down because that's what fear does, right? Or apparently, I mean, that's how that's how I deal with fear, it would appear. I just shove it down into a deep, dark hole and ignore it. I do not recommend. I do not recommend that. Um, it did not go over well for me. It was quite a waste of my time to do that. I wish I would have asked more questions of myself, like why am I so afraid of being a mom or giving birth? What could that look like for me? I felt like if I asked those questions, I was like opening the door and I wasn't sure that I wanted to open that door. But here we are. It would have been helpful for me to ask those questions, I think, regardless of if we were ever going to have kids or not. I do not doubt that for a second, looking back. So the fear caused me to make the choice to ignore all of those questions that probably would have mitigated a lot of that fear if I would have entertained how, I'm like totally taking my own advice here, if I would have entertained what that option might look like for us. So if you find yourself in a similar boat to me, please, if it fits, learn from my fear shoving tactic, my whack-a-mole fear tactic, and maybe just ask the questions. Just sit with the questions and you might surprise yourself at what you find in those answers. I certainly wish that I would have. If the thought came up, maybe it's coming up for a reason, and maybe you should give it some space. So that is the backstory leading up to, that's where I was leading up to finding out I was pregnant, okay? The next section is finding out that I was pregnant. So what I hope to cover here is how I found out I was pregnant, how my first trimester went, expectations versus what actually happened, my experience with kind of like societal expectations, and then, you know, basically how did all of those fears that I just mentioned become a lot less scary? How did I kind of have this 180? in the last four months or so. So I was two days late on my period. Remember that I use the fertility awareness method. I track my cycle. I know when I should start my period to the day. And when I was two days late, I knew. I am like regular AF, okay? Have been for years. I should have started, but my temperature on my aura ring wasn't dropping like it should right before you uh, enter your follicular phase and you start your menstrual cycle. I had all my normal PMS symptoms, but my freaking boobs hurt so bad. Like I'm talking a breeze went by and it was painful. I mentioned to Nate on a walk, like I better start my period because I am two days late and that doesn't happen. So he started like joking about, oh, you got a baby in your belly, right? Like that's just how we are. He started joking about it. But like in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, I'm actually starting to cope with the fact that like there is a baby in my belly because that's that's the expectation here for me. So on the fourth morning past my due date, I told Nate immediately, like when I woke up and I didn't start, I was like, go get me a pregnancy test right now. And I was 100, there was not a doubt in my mind that they would be positive. They were all immediately, all three of the pregnancy tests that I did were positive, like immediately. So I had already accepted it. Um, I think Nate less so. And that's when it became, well, that's when like step one became real for him. The fact that there's like a baby inside my body and he's seen ultrasounds at this point, like it's still not quite real for him. So I asked him how he felt and he just said, I think I'm sad. 
And I giggled because of the way that he said it. We were keeping the baby no matter what, as we had mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, like if I ever got pregnant, we were just going to figure it out for that season of life. But I think it's appropriate to also mourn life as it was, because you know that it's going to change forever from this point on. And that's what he meant. So there's this like, you know, you, you have these dreams and ideas and you have to reconsider those or rework those when you find out that now you're going to have a small human around with you. Um, and I think that it's okay to say that you're you're sad about that to some extent um, or that you're mourning the, the selfishness, the plans that you did have um, because having a baby is selfless, in my opinion. It's one of the most selfless things you can do. After a few days and several conversations, we were much more game, like even within one week. And I had shifted from fear to, okay, I believe I'm made for this. I will be prepared. Uh, but there was, there's still so, 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 so much to figure out. Like it was still incredibly overwhelming to process all of that, but it didn't take long for me to say like, no, my body is made for this. My mind is made for this. I am made for this. And I do believe that I will be as prepared as I need to be for this entire process. As far as things needed to get figured out, insurance, which we still do not have, we're actually like, I think we're going to register for the only one that we are capable of getting today. The cost of the birthing process, pregnancy, our home build that we are still building, bodily changes, external expectations, maternity leave, the list goes on. Like my brain was just racked with all of these things constantly. In addition to needing to run my business and, you know, uh, nurturing my marriage and everything that typically goes on in a day. So I'm going to keep all the logistics, like I said, for part two. So insurance, running the business, uh, our house build, finances, all of that will be in part two. So stay tuned for that. Let's keep it in the personal experience of pregnancy today. So again, to be clear in part two, I will be covering cost, context, uh, insurance, providers, birthing plan, fitness, maternity leave, business plan, all of those things. Next up is my pregnancy experience thus far. So that's how I found out. Uh, I was four days late, took three pregnancy tests, and bam. Another fear that I had around pregnancy was the actual physical aspect of being pregnant and giving birth. Uh, I hate puking more than anything. Like I cannot put into words how much I hate puking. I will honestly swallow my vomit if I think I'm going to puke. Like I, I hate it. I loathe it depth that someone can hate something, I hate puking. Okay. And for some more backstory on like menstrual cycles and pain, cramping, um, I have always had pretty intense period pain. And I was like from the time that I started and I was allergic to hormonal birth controls. So in my mind, I just, and when I say allergic, I mean like violent diarrhea and vomiting when I tried like five different birth controls. In my mind, I just figured because of those things, pregnancy would be terrible for me. No science to back that up, didn't do any research. It was just my own assumption that because I had really bad period cramps and my body hated hormonal birth control that when I got pregnant, it was going to be the worst. And it's hard not to have expectations around pregnancy when we are quite frankly bombarded with these expectations. The first trimester will be terrible, you'll be fatigued, nauseous, have food aversions, you can't even look at chicken, meat is disgusting, and then the bliss starts when you you begin your second trimester, right? We have all these stereotypes. I can only speak to my experience up to the 22 weeks that I am at at this point. Know that it We'll get into it. If you followed the truck saga, 
So we went to Michigan to pick up our truck and drive it back across the country. You know that I was pregnant when we flew to Michigan to pick up our truck and then drive it back across the country. During that time, I was six to nine and a half weeks pregnant. I felt okay at the beginning of the trip. I packed a bunch of snacks. I made sure I was eating constantly, um, trying to get good sleep. And then pretty much at eight weeks, started to feel significantly worse. I got the stomach flu in Detroit and thought to myself, oh my gosh, is this going to be the rest of my pregnancy? Like I didn't know if it was morning sickness or if it was the flu because I honestly, I at that point when I got sick and started puking, I was like, I don't know how this is going to happen. I honestly don't know how I would have made everything work if that was the case moving forward in my pregnancy. And then Nate started puking and I praised the freaking Lord like verbally, out loud, audibly, praised Jesus that it was not morning sickness and that we both just got the flu. So any of you out there who legit vomited through your entire first pregnancy or first trimester, which I know that you're out there because my DMs were flooded with other experiences that, that were welcomed, I just feel for you. I don't know how prenatal maternity leave is not a thing. I thought that so many times in my first trimester. So when we were in Salt Lake City, right before heading to Jackson Hole, the place we were most excited about, we made the decision to head home earlier because I literally could not get off the couch. I did not leave the apartment for the entire three days that we were in Salt Lake City and traveling while you feel awful is the worst. We all know that. You don't have to be pregnant to know that. Um, so we made the decision to just head home. So for from a fitness standpoint... So that is really when like the icky part of my first trimester began, I would say is around week eight. I was exercising on the go. I was exercising in our hotels, feeling pretty good. Like I'd get a little nauseous if I pushed it hard, but I felt pretty normal up until eight weeks. And then it was maybe once a week I lifted. If I was lucky through week 12, I would say. Once we got home, which was nine and a half weeks, I was pretty much on the couch 24-7. I was nauseous. I did not puke, thankfully, and nothing sounded good other than grapes, Doritos, bagels and cream cheese, bean and cheese burritos, and yogurt. And that is, in fact, what I ate for my entire first trimester. It was this such a weird experience that I didn't feel like anybody ever mentioned, which was that I just didn't have an appetite at all. But yet I needed to eat like every hour. So to keep the nausea manageable, I was never satisfied from eating. And I always felt like my food was like stuck in my throat, like it wasn't going down. That was just a constant feeling like I was always on the verge of puking, um, but never did puke. It was just so strange. And I, like I said, I didn't feel like anyone had ever described that particular set of situations. So I also expected the fatigue to be actually feeling tired. And for the most part, for me, it was just a general lack of energy and ability to focus. Like my brain fog was so bad, but I didn't actually want to take a nap. And when I would try to take a nap, I couldn't. So it was just this like lethargic energy that water didn't help, electrolytes didn't help, movement didn't help, sunlight didn't help, like no, nothing that would normally give me energy did anything. I would just get more tired if I tried to do anything, but again, not actually like tired like I want to sleep, just I have no energy. So I watched seven seasons 
of MTV's The Challenge. That's what I did in my first trimester. My business stayed afloat. It survived, but I was... I was also just surviving. And again, that is, that's what made me question, like, how are women going to work like this? How are they going into normal society and functioning? Because I could not. So huge shout out to any woman who continues to go to work or freaking raising other babies while feeling like that. Y'all are legitimate champions, like legitimate champions. From weeks seven to 13, I think it was, I did not open my planner, not once. My business was, like I said, strictly in survival mode. I was doing the bare minimum. I maybe showed my face on Instagram stories like once or twice and tried to remain as quote unquote normal and consistent as possible. Um, Obviously, my business clients knew a lot earlier because I was like dying during our calls, but I did no baby preparation in that time, no maternity leave, no prep for anything. I will talk in part two about the insurance and appointment side of things, which felt like a full-time job uh, for Nate and I both during that time. When week 14 hit, I was expecting second trimester bliss. Week 14 is your second trimester. It was not until weeks 16 or 17 that I actually started to feel as normal as you can while growing a baby. And it was not bliss. I would not call it bliss uh, for me, again, personally. It was just not as terrible as the first trimester. That's what makes it feel so great is you're comparing it to having felt like a sack of hot trash for the last three months. Still had tailbone and SI joint pain, um, but I had a full appetite back, which was massive for me. Like missing food was a really big deal to me in the first trimester, but I had, like I said, full appetite back. The energy and the desire to lift weights began. Like I actually wanted to go lift weights. I wanted to move my body that felt and seemed appealing to me. And my brain felt like I could actually function again. I could form sentences. I felt creative. Some of that came back. And again, that was around week 16 to 17 for me. Some things I also want to touch on is just the expectations around how your body is going to change and when you are going to start to show. I felt I started showing earlier than most, perhaps because of my leanness going into pregnancy. I straight up did not love my pregnant body. I would say until like weeks 18 to 20 is when I actually started like enjoying my pregnant body. Um, But for that like 17 weeks, I was not loving it. I think it's fascinating. And I think it's miraculous. And I again was like amazed by the process of what was happening. But I absolutely in those first 16 weeks, at least would unequivocally prefer my pre pregnancy body. And I think that that can be body neutrality. I didn't hate my body. My body is storing fat in places that I've never had before. My nipples are freaking so swollen. I've lost muscle. There are just changes in more places than I was expecting overall. Like I'm only 22 weeks, but at 19 weeks, my literal rib cage was two inches wider and I had gained about 15 pounds and my feet hurt and because I think of that like decently rapid weight gain that I hadn't experienced before. I didn't expect most of those things until maybe like my third trimester. So maybe my expectation was wrong or maybe, you know, what happened to me just isn't necessarily the norm. So just, it it was just interesting to observe 
all of those things, both observe what was happening to my body and how I was reacting to what was happening to my body. I adore my body for what it's doing. I do think it's fascinating. I just straight up up until about like that 18 week mark did not love the actual physical changes that were taking place to to my physical body. In general, everything has been a gradual improvement from weeks 14 to 17 and solid from 17 to 22 where I am now. I wrote my maternity leave plan during weeks, I think 17 to 19, started getting ahead in business again, started lifting three days a week again, and food has been enjoyable since then. So I can see why people rave about the second trimester, especially if they had a worse first trimester than mine because I also recognize like on the on the spectrum of what the first trimester can be I was pretty neutral I was pretty center for for what can be someone's first trimester what some of my friends had I have had friends who were hospitalized because of how much they were vomiting I have had friends who barely even felt like they were pregnant in the first trimester so there really is this massive spectrum and I think like sometimes it's almost nice to just let go of all the expectations observe what's happening to you and react to that based on your own intuition. That's just me. That's what seemed to help for me. All in all, I have had a relatively easy pregnancy. I like to say that when you're used to feeling pretty close to optimal all the time, any discomfort or any inconvenience is just not enjoyable. Therefore, for me, the first trimester especially was just an annoyance. I didn't feel how I wanted to feel, even if it wasn't that bad in pregnancy terms, but I couldn't do anything either to feel better. So just the lack of control and like submitting to the process was was a thing for me. As far as lifting goes, I ended up purchasing a program from Mama Stay Fit, which I think I mentioned in another episode. I also purchased the Mom's Gone Strong Pregnant and Postpartum program. That was both for continuing education and personal use. For me, it's just nice to have these as like a confirmation of maybe what I thought and also know what I should be doing to prepare my body for labor because it's like anything, a training program should match your season of life. And there are things about pre and postnatal that I don't know that I would like to prep my body for. And I am not a pre and postnatal certified um, expert, nor am I an expert at all in that. I know some general things, but following a program is just easier. And that was important for me, especially once I started um, actually lifting and wanting to lift. Up until the point of having the Mama Stay Fit program, which I did start around week 19 or 20. Up until that point, I had just incorporated more core awareness, breathing practices, internal and external oblique sling work, which my massage therapist before getting pregnant had already assigned to me months before because I had weaknesses in those areas. So it was kind of convenient that I knew some things to do for those areas And then I would put together workouts that were actually 30 to 45 minutes instead of an hour because I found when I started lifting, I felt pretty crappy at that 30 to 45 minute mark and training looked somewhat normal for me. Uh, Deadlift, squatting patterns, overhead press, horizontal patterns, pushing and pulling, paying attention to my core what it was doing, modifying where I needed to. And I would say that I lowered the overall intensity quite a bit, but that was just based on feel. In pregnancy, I'm not trying to make gains, right? I'm trying to maintain muscle mass, move through my joints and prepare my body for labor. So we are at 22 weeks at the time of this recording. I hope to be able to lift throughout the rest of my pregnancy. I will say that my SI joint and tailbone improved significantly when I 
was able to lift and move my body more than the first trimester. So that was interesting as well, not necessarily surprising. I will get more into the logistics about maternity leave, insurance, the cost of things, and other logistic stressors that came with pregnancy thus far in part two. I also have a highlight on Instagram that covers that with full, full transparency. Please do remember that I am simply sharing my experience. I am not trying to paint a picture for anyone else but myself, and I hope that it was just a peek into, you know, pulling back the curtain on my current life state as a lifter, as a business owner, as a human, as a woman, as a wife, and being pregnant when I never saw myself in that role. So if this episode was for you, I'm glad. If it wasn't, you know, thank you for listening, but kindly take what you need and leave the rest. Um, If you did find value here, you typically find value here, please do give the show five stars and leave a written review wherever you listen. It is much appreciated. And as usual, if you are not on my main mailing list, go to anniemiller.co slash news, check out the daily dose, check out the weekly wisdom. And until next time, thank you for tuning into the Fitz Pro podcast. Mm -hmm.